Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Functional Immune. On the show today, we have a fantastic guest, and I know that you're going to want to check out this episode and hear everything that she has to say. So on the show today, we have Whitney Morgan. She's a Hashimoto's coach, founder of Morgan Nutrition, and creator of the Thyroid Reboot Method. She is a licensed acupuncturist, a functional nutritionist, and a certified gluten-free health coach. So many wonderful things. Welcome, Whitney. How are you? I'm great, Brandy. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. So I have to ask, everything that you do is so fantastic, and it really is so all intertwined and related to just autoimmune conditions in general. How did you get started in this work and what kind of led you that way? Well, you know, like so many of us in the alternative health world, it was my own health journey that that brought me here. I never really expected to be doing this um, for for a living, um, that this would be my mission. But in 1997, I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, which was psoriasis. Mm -hmm. Uh, By 2010, I collected three more autoimmune diseases. So I had interstitial cystitis, Hashimoto's, and celiac disease. And it wasn't the celiac, actually the celiac disease was the last one they found, right? I'm what they call a silent celiac. I don't have any GI symptoms when I eat gluten. So so it was kind of found by a fluke. They weren't looking for it. Wow. Um, Yeah, so... um, four autoimmune diseases. And I come from a pretty traditional medical background. Everyone in my family is either a doctor or a nurse or, you know, so I was walking that path of doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, um, different creams and pharmaceutical drugs and things, not getting much relief. Right. And, and of course the wheels just kept falling off the bus. You know, I just kept collecting these diagnoses. And then, um, it was when I was in uh, a specialist office, a urologist, and uh, we were discussing the interstitial cystitis. And he said to me, this won't kill you, but you'll die with it. It's going to get worse. We can do what we can to manage the pain, but there's really nothing else that could be done. You should join a support group. So that was the moment that really kind of blew up my perspective. Yeah. And for whatever reason, rather than, I don't know, go into despair, which was a pretty strong possibility hearing something like that. Um, Something in me just said no, and I rejected that completely. And I didn't know what I was going to do when I left his office, but I knew that I had to find some other way. So that's when I got off that path and um, started investigating holistic forms of healing and Chinese medicine, naturopathy, homeopathy, things like that, just reaching for different um, options to see if there was some way that I could start healing myself. And that was the beginning of my education. And I got so much relief from Chinese medicine that I decided to go to acupuncture school. I just fell in love with the medicine. And as I learned everything, I applied everything to myself. So I was getting better as I was learning and improving my skills. And when I graduated from acupuncture school, I went to um, functional diagnostic nutrition certification and got certified there. And that was a really nice compliment because acupuncture and Chinese medicine is functional medicine. It's just ancient, but it's still based on this 
root cause investigation, not the symptoms, not the diagnosis, but how did you get there, right? right. And, and we need to address that. And then functional diagnosis, which is you know, a nutritional component of functional medicine, that's also a root cause investigation discipline. Yeah. So I had an ancient way of going about it and I had a modern way of going about it. And it was a really nice blend. And through doing just a lot of um, a lot of Chinese medicine, a lot of functional medicine, um, I I healed. Yeah. So um, one thing that happened, which is unheard of, is my interstitial cystitis completely went away. I I have I know I just like you know completely asymptomatic for almost a decade now. Um, my Hashimoto's is in remission. You know my celiac disease is of course in remission. My gut is healed. I have all of my gut lining back and it's healthy. So, so much progress that on that other path I was on wasn't available for me. Yeah. You know, but I think it's really important to remember, you know, here I am saying I rejected that path, but it's not like I completely lost sight of it because I think we need to combine what conventional medicine does really well and what functional medicine does really well. Yeah. Uh, we need both. Right. So, um, you know, straddling that and balancing it is is kind of an art form. But that's how I that's how I got here. And uh, I decided that, you know, I didn't want other women to have to completely up in their lives and go to acupuncture school and get certified in function. You know, I wanted to to help women kind of expedite their healing and um, get there a little bit faster than I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, your story, one, it, it resonates with mine so closely, but I think that your story is very um, much like a lot of people out there who have gone to physicians and, spe- and specialists and all these people, and they're just looking for answers. And like you, a lot of people have been in that room where they've been told you're going to have this for the rest of your life. And you just have to learn how to live with it. And that can yeah. be really just debilitating because mm-hmm. if you're not someone who who knows, like, that's not the last answer. That's, that's really not, not the truth. I mean, you really can get past that. It can be really, really life altering and devastating. So how do you think, or for you, how is it that you heard that? And you were like, yeah, that's not, that's not going to work for me. What was it that kind of motivated you to, to go a different way? You know, I, I still kind of look at that moment and it's a mystery to me because I grew up thinking Western medicine, I mean, my father's a surgeon, my mother's an OR nurse, and they are my heroes, you know, the smart, smart, brilliant people. I I grew up thinking medicine really had the answer for most things. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for physicians, and I'm not sure what it was in that moment, but Brandy, I, I feel like I literally heard every cell in my body just screaming at me, no. It, it was, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Like I wasn't driving the bus at that point. Some other part of me that t- was tapped into maybe more of a universal truth. Now I'm going woo-woo on you, but okay. you know, some, some part of me just said, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not the way it has to be. Yeah. And I just trusted it. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's kind of the hard thing is, because it's, it's like jumping off into an abyss or in, in, into this mysterious thing and you don't know what's there when you take the leap. Right. But you just need to take a leap, you know? 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. that. And I think that that's a, it's a really great realization that, you know, you in that moment, whether it was divine intervention, whether it was yes. your body telling you what to, whatever it was, something in you said, nope, we're going to go a different way. We're going to get healthy. Yeah. And you did. And so yeah. it's important for people to hear that not only is it an option and a path that you can take, but you absolutely can heal and not have all of those symptoms and feel better and live a normal life. Yes. And, and I think what, what also benefited me, benefited me was I reached out and found partners. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I found a really good naturopath and, and then also all of the um, teachers at the, at the acupuncture school, mm-hmm. um, they were, they were willing and ready to be a part of that vision. Yeah. Right. And to say, yeah, okay we're, we're going to do something about this. We can make this better. So finding a partner that will share in that dream and in that vision and, and be able to be grounded in the belief when you're at your lowest point, yeah, that's really important. You need some sort of help, some sort of support system to go through that. It's, it's a lonely road to walk by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I want to just kind of shift gears just a little bit, Mm -hmm. because we've talked about acupuncture a couple times now. And I know that there are a lot of people who either tried acupuncture and love it and know what it is. And I know there are a lot of people out there who've heard of it, but haven't actually taken the leap to try it. So can you explain how, especially with autoimmune conditions and chronic illness, what exactly does acupuncture do? How does that work? um, As far as like helping you heal? Can you explain a little bit about it? Sure. Well, acupuncture is one part of Chinese medicine, but it's not the end all be all, right? It's, it's one tool. And then there's a a very long history of Chinese herbal medicine as well. And then Chinese medicine is also has a lot to do with lifestyle and diet and managing your energy flow, managing your stress. So, you know, Chinese doctors, believe and have believed for thousands of years that illness comes from um, some imbalance within. And it's usually an imbalance of blood or chi or yin or yang. And, you know, these sound like kind of weird mystical things, but um, they really do hold up to be valid um, in Western medicine as well. So in theory, if you manage your chi, if you manage your yin and your yang and you and you tonify blood and, and you do all those things that build all those vital forces, well, then health just naturally emanates from, from that, right? Yeah. So when disease strikes, the Chinese physician will look for de- underlying deficiencies or underlying excesses and then seek to correct those. And some of the tools to do that are um, Qigong and diet changes and um, herbal formulas. And then of course, acupuncture and acupuncture itself is almost like surgery. You know, it's, it, it really is a mechanical intervention to, um, to direct someone's chi flow and to change the way energy is um, distributed through the body And sometimes there's so much stagnation and so much dysfunction that you really do need that intervention of regular acupuncture in order to bring balance back to the body. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I can attest that acupuncture is something that's really fascinating. It's, it's, 
you can walk in and feel, you know, this kind of heaviness and this pain or this discomfort or whatever it might be for you. And when you leave, it's just a completely different feeling. It's almost like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's really just oh, yeah. this amazing thing. And it's important too, that I know a lot of people that maybe haven't heard of Chinese medicine or Eastern medicine, thinking that it's kind of this new thing, but really it's been around forever. And they've been healing people, like you said, for thousands and thousands of years. So there's gotta be something behind all of that. That's actually working. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, it has a long history of clinical efficacy. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sound medicine. And particularly when you blend it with um, the kind of, data that you get from functional lab testing, then you can, you can reap the benefits of, of that modern functional medicine along with the ancient wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to touch on, since you mentioned lab work, I want to touch on that for a minute, because that's where a lot of people who are kind of on this autoimmune journey get stuck. And I know that because I was one of them for a long time. And so, you know, you go to the doctor, you tell them your symptoms, you get lab, lab work done, and they tell you everything's normal. So let's talk about lab work for a minute, because a lot of people have been told that they're normal and they're not, they have all these symptoms, but then when they go and get the correct lab work, then they actually are able to find answers and things like that. So where in your journey and in your experience, where does the lab work really come into play as far as healing and getting your autoimmune condition in remission? Yeah. Well, you know, when you're talking about lab work, there are um, the standard lab tests that, that conventional doctors use and, you know, like your CBC, your CMP, your thyroid labs, your lipid panels, things like that. Um, and, and of course, doctors will test for different antibodies for autoimmune conditions. But in general, when you're talking about conventional labs, their reference ranges for a lot of the markers that they're testing are pretty wide. If you think of a, um, um, what do you call those diagrams? It's just like totally leaving my head. But um, where the the ends of the diagram are kind of the extremes, right? And and so everything that's in the center is considered normal. Well, their ranges are very wide because they're really designed to identify pathology and diagnose disease. They're not designed to represent what would be optimal health. So when we're talking about that same lab work, when a functional medicine doctor looks at that very same lab work, they're looking at the numbers different. So everything can look normal on paper, but the reference ranges they're using are narrower because they're looking for, well, what's optimal health, not what, what can I diagnose here? Yeah. So that's, that's one discrepancy and that's all about interpretation, but there are a lot of functional labs that aren't available from conventional doctors. Yeah. You're able to find them with naturopathic physicians, but, but usually not with MDs. And for that, I'm talking about like adrenal tests and um, you know comprehensive stool analysis, heavy metal toxicity, different kind of peptide or, or really specific food sensitivity tests that go much deeper than the conventional stuff. And then mycotoxins and other environmental toxins and organic acids. I mean, these are all yeah. um, tests that they're not covered by insurance and they're, they're just not part of the world of conventional medicine. But when you're talking about chronic disease and looking for the underlying causes of like, how did you get here, right? And, and what's really triggering all this? you need functional lab work to answer those questions. And that's where a lot of people fall short. And 
because I think people in the autoimmune world, if they're, if they're fortunate enough to be able to afford the coaching assistance that they need, when they go looking for a health coach, sometimes they wind up with health coaches that, that they're really good. They're really smart. They've got a lot of experience, but they don't have access to the lab work. So they're basing all of their recommendations on their clinical experience and on what they see in their patient or their client population and on the education that they have, but they don't have any data that's specific to you. So I always encourage people when you're looking for a coach, find a coach that has access to the lab work, because that's where you get that unique data that's specific for you. And that's going to give you your best chance at healing at the most, you know, expedited rate you possibly can. Otherwise, you're kind of throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall and, and hoping that things stick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think lab work is so powerful in finding, uh, you know, so many different answers. And, you know, you mentioned stool testing too. And that's something that I know a lot of people are not aware of because it's not something that's readily you know, unless they're at a functional medicine um, doctor or a naturopath mm-hmm. or something like that, it's not something that's brought up regularly. Yeah. Um, so can we talk about that for a little bit? Because I know for me, the first time that I went to a functional medicine doctor and had a stool test, it was amazingly life-changing. It was like all of these <laughs> answers, like, oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, right. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's really sad to me that a lot of people don't know that it's out there and that it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about that for a minute and kind of how, um, your gut and those tests are interrelated with autoimmune disease and, and your experience with that. Sure. So when you're, when you're looking for stool testing, I mean, there's, there's a couple of kind of gold standard stool tests out there. Um, but they've got a lot of similarities between them. So one thing they're looking for is general state of your beneficial flora. What's your diversity? Do you have enough flora or are you deficient in some of the normal gut flora that's kind of putting you at risk for other things like leaky gut? Um, And they also look for specific opportunistic bacteria that when they get out of control are verified triggers of autoimmune disease like like Citrobacter and Prevotella, Klebsiella, H. pylori. These are bacteria that can trigger things like Hashimoto's or rheumatoid arthritis or multiple sclerosis, right? Um, And also we can pick up chronic viral infections in the stool as well. So EBV and CMV. And we also look for parasites. And there are a lot of parasites that can serve as triggers. And then various um, yeast organisms, yeast and fungus, that not only can can just exacerbate inflammation and general dysbiosis, but certain yeast have have an uncanny ability to kind of sequester toxins. So when you find someone that has like a lot of candida, sometimes that's that's a red flag for heavy metal toxicity. So we can get a lot of clues and a lot of answers from a stool test. And then there are other things like short chain fatty acids, different inflammatory markers. We can see um, how your immune system in your gut is functioning. Are you deficient in your secretory IgA, which is your first line of defense in your gut? Um, Or is it really elevated, which would tell us there's kind of a battle raging in your gut and there's a lot of inflammation. So it's, it really is kind of looking at the environment and getting a sense of the entire landscape 
and knowing how the different parts of that landscape kind of fit together and impact each other. And then we can identify things that are out of balance that we know can be triggers for some of the symptoms that our clients are experiencing. So if I have someone who's in an active Hashi's flare and I've got a stool test on them and I see that they have H. pylori and an overgrowth of Citrobacter and they have a blasto infection and their SIG-A is really high. Well, those are all things I can do something about. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if we don't know that that's there, Mm-hmm. then we will never kind of eliminate um, those underlying triggers. So we're just kind of, at that point, we're just trying to do whatever we can to get symptom relief, but that's just surface work, right? Yeah. So that's one part. And then the other part of um, gut testing, in my opinion, is um, intestinal permeability assessment and also food sensitivities because that, it, that impacts the environment, Right. right. So I like to run um, a pretty comprehensive battery of food sensitivity tests called Zoomers, Mm -hmm. and they're from Vibrant Wellness Labs, so that I can get a really good sense of what are those inflammatory foods that are causing a lot of damage within the gut and and setting off um, inflammatory cascades and provoking the immune system. And then I can also see how leaky is this person's gut right now and in what way. Right. Because right? there's different, different leaky gut markers and each marker tells you a different thing about the gut. Yeah. And when you understand those things, then you can get down to the business of eliminating what's in the way, repairing the damage that's there, right? Mm-hmm. And bringing the gut environment back into balance. And for any autoimmune disease, this is, this is the beauty of autoimmunity is that if you're, if you're in the Western medicine paradigm, there's a different specialist for every autoimmune diagnosis. Yeah. Right? So if you've got four autoimmune diseases like me, you're pretty busy going to the doctor all the time. Yeah. Right? But in the functional world, autoimmune disease kind of all comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. And we can focus all of our energy. If we just focus on gut, we can get so much of the work done. Maybe yeah. not all of it, but we can get a huge amount of progress just by focusing there. Yeah, which I think is such a powerful thing to have mm-hmm. really learned what we've learned about the gut in the last decade and to know that it does all of these amazing things and that really you can get rid of so many symptoms and so many things just by healing your gut. It's really so amazing. Yeah. And so yeah. I wanted to touch on real quick because you mentioned earlier that you have celiac. I also have celiac, which is, you know, one of those things that I feel like yeah. is on the rise, like all the other autoimmune conditions. Yep. So, which also affects the gut because, you know, obviously you can't eat gluten and things like that. So you mentioned that you were um, a silent celiac, which means you didn't have GI issues. So can you talk a little bit about people who either celiac have gluten sensitivity, suspect they have that and why gluten might be such a problem for our gut? Sure. Sure. So, um, celiac disease is definitely it's driven by gluten, right? I mean, that's the trigger for celiac disease and you have to have a genetic predisposition for it. Uh, But it really is a descriptor of an autoimmune process that's going on at the gut, just like Hashimoto's, the location is the thyroid. Mm -hmm. Celiac disease, the location of the damage is the gut. So Mm -hmm. someone who has celiac disease pretty much loses their gut lining. You know, I mean, all of those villi and microvilli just kind of like go away. You've got this slick surface and you can't absorb nutrients anymore, which 
sets off its own cascade of problems. So um, celiac disease is a type of gluten sensitivity. And I would put that under an umbrella of wheat sensitivity, right? So there's celiac disease and there's non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Both of those come from a problem with wheat. So when we're looking for, okay, well, do you have a problem? And what kind of problem do you have? Um, It's good to get the most comprehensive test out there. And that is the wheat zoomer, in my opinion, because it it has two different um, tests for celiac. It has a leaky gut panel, and it also tests the non-gluten peptides of wheat and the gluten peptides of wheat. So you're able to identify wheat sensitivity, gluten sensitivity, even wheat lectin sensitivity, celiac disease, and leaky gut. I mean, it's just an incredible lab that gives a lot of data. Some of the problems that people run into in traditional medicine, if they go to their doctor, they say, hey, I think I have a problem with gluten. Can we check that? The doctor says, yeah, they run a panel and then they say, you're fine. You have no problems. Everything looks normal. What that usually means is they have run a celiac panel. And that's kind of the go-to for gluten in conventional medicine. Well, you can be negative on a celiac panel and still be gluten sensitive. Right. So when they hear that from their doctor, they they're under the impression that, oh yeah, gluten's not my problem. It's all in my head. Right. (laughs) But, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So, and I see that in my practice a lot. Um, They come with their test results here. See, I don't have a problem with gluten. I'm like, no, no, no. You just don't have celiac disease, (laughs) which is totally different. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, we need to, kind of get better at the language we use. Um, We all say gluten sensitive, right? I mean, that's kind of the vernacular, but unfortunately most of the testing and most of um, even things like the labeling laws for gluten and that's all driven by celiac research. It it really isn't um, relevant for the non-celiac gluten sensitive population, which is huge. Celiac disease is 1% of the population. Um, but gluten sensitivity, probably more like 30. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree. I feel like I meet more and more people every day that are either celiac or they're like, yeah, I absolutely can't. I just can't tolerate it. And it's interesting because there has been so many, um, and I could talk about this forever, but there has been so (laughs) many changes that have happened in our food sources and in our wheat and, and, and agriculture that has kind of driven that. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like, um, you know, as a clinical standpoint, do you feel like anybody with autoimmune conditions should kind of consider avoiding gluten until they find out if it's an issue for them? Or what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm pretty hardcore. Um, I, I say <laughs> anyone with an autoimmune disease should be gluten-free forever. Yeah. I mean, it's not good for anybody. Let's just be honest. That's like saying sugar is healthy for some people. No, wheat isn't healthy for anybody. Um, It's not particularly nutrient dense. It's really difficult to digest. It causes a leaky gut, whether you're sensitive or not, doesn't matter who you are. And it's inherently inflammatory and it puts a lot of pressure on your digestive system. So, you know, it should be like one of those things that we treat like birthday cake or, you know, like one of those things you do every once in a while, but, um, but really it's just not good for anyone. And 
if you have an autoimmune diagnosis, that is the absolute first step you should take. Eliminate gluten from your life, not just your diet, from your personal care products, from your house, everything. And in my opinion, if you don't eliminate the gluten, everything else you do, all the money you spend on supplements and fancy detoxes, you're just flushing that down the toilet. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing that. And and I'm kind of, a like I said, I'm a little hardcore about it. But I think the data really, really does bear that out. Yeah. And honestly, I completely agree with you because I've, I've seen both sides. I've seen people who cut it out and have had mm-hmm. miraculous, you know, yeah. and feel so much better. And I've seen people that have done all the things except for cutting it out and they've yeah. really struggled and continued. Yes. And so I completely agree. So I, I applaud your, uh, <laughs> being strict on that because I think, I think that it really does make a difference and it really yeah. is, is important. And, and it is something that's difficult for people to do because I think gluten has become our wheat in general has become such a huge part of our diets here and well in America, but in the world because yeah. of processed foods and things like that. So, you know, when I tell somebody, I need you to cut out gluten, I think it's going to really help you to avoid. It's like, well, what, what am I supposed to eat? Like there's no other food, food group. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it can be really overwhelming for someone yeah. who's used to eating kind of a standard diet to think, well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it is overwhelming. Yeah. And what what I like to do is point point people towards something rather than say, oh, just get rid of the gluten. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe let's point you in another direction. Um, I'm a big fan of the paleo and the primal diets, whether it's autoimmune paleo or just standard paleo. The reason why is because it eliminates all of these inherently inflammatory foods. Yeah. Um, and Honestly, unless you are pressure cooking and fermenting all of your grains and legumes, all of that's putting a lot of stress on your immune system and on your digestive system. And we just don't prepare things traditionally anymore, right? Certainly not when we're eating processed foods. So when when you can give someone something to run towards, Mm -hmm. right, that already has so much support and so many resources, I mean, the amount of just scrumptious, delicious paleo recipes that you can Google any, any comfort food you want, really, you can recreate it. So that's, that's what I tend to do for folks is like, Hey, let's, let's focus on this and, and let's, let's start getting comfortable with, um, this palette and let's try and recreate some of the things that you think you're going to miss the most. Yeah. Right. Where it starts to get, I think, difficult for most people is in personal relationships. Mm-hmm. When they're going to parties or they're going to events or, you yeah. know, or family gatherings and holidays. And, you know, sometimes the people who love us the most can can actually make it the most difficult for us to change. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, can't you just have a little bite? I made this for you out of love. You know, it's like, no, it's going to kill me. (laughs) So so part of my coaching with with folks is helping them have those kinds of conversations. How do we have those conversations? How do we um, strategize and and kind of navigate um, those situations until we hit a spot where, okay, I, I've normalized my, my new life now and I'm comfortable, but there's this real grieving process that people go through yeah. when, when they find out they're gluten sensitive and it, and 
it can bring on some real depression and isolation and longing for a previous life and grieving of that life that they'll never have again. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have to honor that as people go through it right. and know that we all go through that, mm-hmm. but we can get to the other side and the other side is awesome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And you're absolutely right. There's so many amazing foods out there that don't contain any of that. And so right. really, once you learn, you, you aren't really missing anything and you kind of forget that those things exist. So that's a, yes. that's a really great point. So oh, I yeah. want to make sure that I give you time to share um, how people can access you, where they can find you, your contact information and all of those wonderful things. So can you tell us how people can find you? Sure. My website is morgannutrition.com and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Whitney Morgan Nutrition. And um, you can find my YouTube channel the same way, Whitney Morgan Nutrition. So it's pretty simple. And for folks who want some resources around gluten or thyroid health, I've got some free stuff on my website. I've got um, a resource of, you know, what do you do when you get accidentally glutened, right? Um, Things like that. Or if you really do want to learn how do I create a gluten-free house, I have resources for that too. Uh, For women with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, I have a great free um, thyroid lab test interpretation guide that can teach you how to interpret the labs that your doctor runs on you and why you might want to ask for more markers than your doctor is running and what those markers mean and all of the clues that we can get from a, from a comprehensive thyroid lab. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. And, um, I'm also, you know, if if folks want to DM me, I'm open to answering questions around thyroid autoimmune stuff, gluten sensitivity. I love that stuff. I can talk about that stuff all day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I think we could get ourselves in some trouble and just keep on. Yes. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Whitney, so much for being on. Thank you for sharing all of your information and your insight. And I will make sure and put all of your contact information in the show notes so everybody can have access to that easily. And, you know, again, thank you so much for what you do and for what you're doing for people out there. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode. We will see you on the next one. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, with 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG, plus 20% off, and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com backslash functionally autoimmune, or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add athletic greens to your day. It makes such a huge difference.